The world is on the brink of crisis. One only has to look at the situation in the Middle East, with the rise of ISIS and the gathering of the nations for war, to see how volatile and finely balanced things are. Many consider current events as depressing, but as Christadelphians and Bible students, we look into the mess of the world and gain great encouragement as we see many signs that Jesus is soon to return to bring about an era of peace, tranquility and righteousness. This is Matt Davies joining you for another Bible in the News. How is it that we can be sure that we are living in the days which are preceding the return of Christ? Well, one of the huge signs the Bible speaks of is to do with the nation of Israel. Back at the time of Moses, around 1400 BC, the Bible records how that God chose Israel from all the nations of the world to outwork his purpose. He gave them a special national law. This law had consequences, though, if it was broken. This is what God's law states in Deuteronomy 28, verse 15, and then verses 63 to 65. If Thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. All these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. And ye shall be plucked from off the land whither thou goest to possess it. And the Lord shall scatter thee among all people. From the one end of the earth even unto the other. And among these nations shalt thou find no ease. Neither shalt the sole of thy foot have rest. But the Lord shall give thee there a trembling heart and failing of eyes and sorrow of mind. So if the people of Israel turned their back on the ways of God, they would be scattered from that land. And this is exactly what happened in the events around AD 70, when the Roman armies destroyed Jerusalem and dispersed the Jews from the land of Israel. Jesus Christ, a Jew himself, warned the Jews of his day, who were living just before their dispersion by the Romans, of the impending scattering. This is what he says in Luke 21 verses 20 to 24. And when ye shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. There shall be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people, and they shall fall by the edge of the sword, and shall be led away captive into all nations, and Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. However, the Bible teaches that God still has a purpose with his chosen people of Israel. This is what the prophet Hosea says by inspiration of God in Hosea chapter 3 verses 4 to 5. For the children of Israel shall abide many days without a king and without a prince and without a sacrifice and without an image and without an ephod and without teraphim. Afterward shall the children of Israel return in the latter days. So although there would be no royal rulership and no religious rituals practiced by the nation in their dispersion, eventually they would return in a time period called in the Bible, the latter days, as Jesus says, until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Many Bible students looked forward to this event of the regathering of the Jews to their land. 
One such Bible student was the famous physicist and mathematician, Sir Isaac Newton. Newton was an avid Bible student, and in his notes entitled An Interpretation of the Prophecy of Daniel's Weeks by Jewish Years, he wrote, quote, Since the commandment to return and build Jerusalem precedes the Messiah, or the return of Christ, it may perhaps come forth, not from the Jews themselves, but from some other kingdom friendly to them, and precede their return from captivity and give occasion to it. The manner I know not, let time be the interpreter, end quote. So, Bible students like Isaac Newton were waiting for the Jews to return to their land because the Bible demanded this to occur before Jesus returns. Of course, we are now living in the time when this has been accomplished. In 1948, the state of Israel was declared, and since that time, the Jews have been making aliyah, or returning to their homeland. Against all the odds, they have survived 2,000 years of scattering, retained their identity as Jews, and survived the most terrifying of persecutions, and are now established as a nation once again in the land of Israel. This fact is a sure fulfilment of Bible prophecy and gives us great confidence that we are indeed living in the latter days. There is more to this, though. The prophets of the Bible, by inspiration of God, speak about a coming crisis which will befall the nation of Israel after they have returned. For example, in Joel 3 we read, For behold, in those days and in that time, when I shall bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem, I will also gather all nations and will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat, which means God's judgment. And will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. Joel 3 verses 1 to 2. And God has indeed, as Joel prophesied, gathered the captivity of Judah in 1948 when the state of Israel was declared. God has regathered the captivity of Jerusalem when the Jews retook Jerusalem in 1967 after the Six Day War. Therefore, soon... All nations will be gathered to battle against them, as this prophecy demands. But God's prophet Joel continues in verses 12 to 14 of chapter 3. Let the heathen be wakened and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat. For there will I sit to judge all the heathen round about. Put ye in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, Get you down, for the press is full, the fats overflow, for their wickedness is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. The word decision there can be translated threshing. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. This coming crisis, you may have noticed, is couched in the language of harvest. The idea being that when crops are harvested... There is a process of getting rid of the useless elements like the husks and the stalks so that you're left with the pure seed. This process of harvest is called, uh, at least one of the processes, is called threshing, where the harvested crop would be thrown into the air, the husks and useless elements would be blown away and the pure seeds would fall back to the earth. 
The language of the Bible, therefore, indicates a judgment of the nations where those who are useless will be removed and those who accept God's ways will be kept. In the book of Revelation, the crisis is given a symbolic name, Armageddon. This is what we read in Revelation chapter 16. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon, Revelation 16, verses 13 to 16. The real Armageddon is not therefore the destruction of the earth by some cataclysmic event like an asteroid hitting the earth, as popular culture has depicted. Rather, it is the gathering of the nations to battle against Israel. As a side note, in the last week, the Christadelphians in Nottingham, UK, held a special public talk about the real Armageddon. If you're interested in finding out um, more about this topic and actually watching a video of that talk, the talk can be viewed online. And if you look at the website of Bible and the News, you'll find a link to it in this paragraph. It is at this time of Armageddon that the prophets speak of God acting to save his people of Israel. For example, in Zechariah, we read of the same event in Zechariah 14, verse 2, where we read, For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken and the houses rifled and the women ravished, and half of the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. You can see then that for this prophecy to take place, Israel would have to be regathered to their land. Speaking of that time, the prophet gives us details as to the salvation that God will give his people in that day. We read this in Zechariah chapter 12 verses 9 to 10. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him. This one who bears God's name, who the Jewish nation pierced in the past, is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ, who will return to save Israel at the battle of Armageddon. We know this refers to Christ because we are told so in John chapter 19 and verse 37. And as Jesus tells us in the passage in Revelation 16 that we read a moment ago, it is at this time of Armageddon when he says, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. Although we see great turmoil in the world at large then, for Bible believers we know we are living in the last days and soon, Jesus will return just as he left to establish God's kingdom on the earth. When Jesus departed the earth to ascend to his father, 
The Bible tells us he was with his disciples and that an angel appeared and said unto them in Acts 1.11, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Indeed, Jesus is therefore coming. We are in the latter days. And so we need to prepare. And the Bible tells us that to be acceptable to him when he does return, we need to have sought out, understood and believed the gospel message contained within it. We need to have been baptised into the saving name of Christ and striven to have lived godly lives waiting patiently for his return. The wonder of the gospel message is to have our sins forgiven and to be acceptable before our God through the work of Christ. If we would do this, we will have a part in the resurrection of the dead and obtain the gift of eternal life to live as an immortal being in the kingdom. We therefore encourage you to keep reading your Bible and keep watching with us here at www.bibleinthenews.com. Join us again next week if our Lord remains away, God willing.